I'm Johnny Cage. No contest. And hello. Welcome, Master Piscina. Nice to see you. Hey, Tom. How are you today? Doing awesome, man. Doing great. Well, uh, it's an absolute honor to have you on, on here. And, um, and I, I guess I'll just start real quick. Um, just a quick intro after that intro is uh, many people watching this, uh, they may know you as a martial arts master. Uh, they may know you from Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, my personal favorite. Uh, I like your shirt. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, Reptile, Smoke, New Simit, and definitely, of course, Johnny Cage, and co-creator of one of the biggest and most influential video game franchises in history. And everybody, Master Piscina. Um, all right, so how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, it's uh, another day of staying mostly in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been craziness. Now, um, now you are are you, are you originally from Chicago, Illinois? Yeah, yeah, born and raised in Chicago. Awesome. Yeah, that's one of the amazing things about it. I remember growing up whenever we started getting into Mortal Kombat, learning Midway Games is is based there. Actually, years ago, I used to uh, do some pipe fitting work, and we got to. I mentioned you earlier. I I got to go in there. And as like a kid in a candy store, you see everything around. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's a small world, right? <laughs> I tell you. Um, now, just a little background for everybody. Like, when did you start getting into martial arts? Like, how did you get involved in martial arts to get go? Um, I started in martial arts in 1960. I'm gonna say 69. It could have been 68. And I got a story for that too. But anyway, uh, 69, basically, um, uh, I, back in the day on Sunday, there used to be a, a TV show called Charlie Chan, the detective black and white series. And in one of the times that, uh, it was airing, uh, Charlie Chan came up, uh, against a big opponent and he threw the guy with a judo throw. And I was like, Oh man, that's so cool. That's really cool because I was a small kid growing up. I, even now I'm not that tall, I'm only 5'8". But uh, I was just like, man, that's so cool. And my dad was, would watch it with me. And my dad was like, I could show you that. And my dad served in the, in the US military during the Korean War, he served for the Korean War. So, uh, so my dad actually taught me my first judo throw. And I wanted to learn more because at that time too, uh, 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 it was so cool. And later on with Bruce Lee and the Green Hornet, I really wanted to learn martial arts. So I kept on bugging him, bugging him until he finally uh, took me uh, for martial art lessons. Awesome, so, so did you kind of started uh, with judo and then worked your way through, uh, what, what, when you started taking like actual classes, uh, what styles were you doing? Um, Shotokan, Shotokan jute, judo and Shotokan karate. They had, uh, I took a few, like a year and a half of uh, uh, Shotokan jujitsu, but not until I was older. They wouldn't let uh, they wouldn't let kids take jujitsu at the time. And even even when I was taking judo, I was like really young, you know, like uh, basically uh, nine or ten years old. And I had to take class with the teens because there was no kids class. So oh, okay. yeah, it was a different era. It was definitely back then. It was a different era. But you know, I really really loved it. It's very interesting and. And just like a brief, like as people are watching, a lot of people are, are martial arts happy when watching this. Um, 
you got some like some nice basic tips for whatever style they're doing just basic like on uh, practice drilling um, things like that for guys some basic focus points yeah as, as well as we know as we know and uh, even beginners will later upon find out it's all about repetition the secret to this the ancient secret is just you do it over and over and over again. When I trained in China back in uh, 85, there, uh, we had an interpreter coming in like once a week for two days, but basically we would be training like uh, twice a day for three hours. So three hours in the morning, three hours in, in the afternoon. But the instructor knew in English again. And that's, he didn't speak any English, solely one word, again. Again, again, and then a lot of hitting. You couldn't stop because if you got up and tried to take a break, he'd hit you with a stick. And and uh, I forget what the word was before, but when it, when we were training, uh, he would be yelling at us, and I was like, "Wow, we have like a a name." And later on, I I uh, learned that he was calling us lazy capitalists. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, so it was like uh, kind of. It was later on. I I was like, "What is?" I asked the interpreter, and the interpreter started laughing. He goes, "That means lazy, lazy capitalists." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh no wonder, because I was taking a break from training. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't used to training that intensely. They were really, really intense. They were like it was like an old school training where where the instructor was older, and he thought that you would need the martial arts to survive, like you were going to fight to the death one day. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so it wasn't like a casual. You were, when you were training, it wasn't casual at all. It was really, really harsh. That's me. And how long were you in uh, China for, the, for education and learning? Uh, for that uh, period, I was there for six weeks, and then I returned uh, once in a while throughout the year, staying like a month or two, uh, just to get... Uh, just to get more training because I really, really love the intensity of the training. You know, you oh, really get cool. uh, hooked on that repetition because, you know, you're, you're out of your, your, your space. You know, you're in China, so your friends are not calling you to, call, uh, to come out. You know, you have no distraction. Yeah. You know, yeah. all you do is training. Yeah, you go to, you, you, you limp home because you can't walk from so much training. And then you get up and you, you limp back to the school and train some more. <laughs> It keeps it pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, and just you know, obviously it's helped with uh, you know career-wise. Uh, just to, you know, how has uh, martial arts in, as in general helped you just through your life and everything? Well, it, bits of it, as you you know, and uh, the people who've been practicing martial arts for uh, a, a longer time, we we get pretty tougher too. It and with we we become very patient too. It makes you be patient, even though you don't want to. Yeah, right. At the beginning, at one point, you're always rush, rush, rush. I want to fight everyone. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I don't need to rush because I'm going to just train hard anyway. So I'm going to train hard, but my rest of my life, I'm going to take it easy because I'm going to save that energy to train. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're just more patient with everything and kind of just like, okay, uh, it, it, it really tames you, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, let's on the next subject here. We'll get into this. Um, I actually was surprised um, to find out that you were, were in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Secret of the Ooze as a foot soldier. You got some, um, and I heard some cool stories about that. Um, 
and I'll have you kind of take the floor as far as that goes. But you know, first, how did you even get involved in that project? Um, I used to uh, myself, uh, Ho Sung Pak, who was Luke Hang, we yeah. really, and uh, and uh, Tony Marquez, who's Kung Lao, and a couple other of the guys really would compete a lot. We would travel all over and, and do uh, uh, the NASCAR circuit. So we were doing okay. a tournament in uh, Georgia called Battle of Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was one of the biggest NASCAR tournaments. I think like the competitive wise, there was close to a thousand like people com competing at that tournament, it's huge. Huge. And uh, there they were looking for, for martial arts to do martial arts stunts. And, and again, yeah, and again, at that time, uh, doing stunt work for martial arts, you actually had to know martial art. It wasn't like you can teach somebody to get to uh, do their own martial arts stunts because it was at the time where it's still kind of dangerous. You know, you, you, would, you would get actually hit doing, doing it. There was no, there wasn't like, oh, really try to get close to the face. Sometimes you would actually get hit, especially the guys in the turtle suit. They can't really see. So if you can, if you can see two pinholes in front, like away from your face, that's how they can only see at that. So they would be, so we, we would choreograph for like four or five hours every day about, we did it about two or three weeks before the, the production of the movie. So when you watch the movie, you'll see us all running around like this. That's because we don't wanna come from a dead start. We have to see the kick coming or the punch coming and jump in front of it. Interesting, so it kind of helps sell, sell the movie. Because I, I know one scene in particular, like when the shredder comes back in uh, and, and this scene in particular, uh, yeah. or actually, you know, actually this Yeah, yeah there it is. They can literally see you. Um, but there's one story I found uh, interesting. You actually do it selling those moves in this scene in particular. You almost lost your teeth or something. Yeah, actually, in that one, it, it was uh, it was uh, a change of routine. We had rehearsed this where uh, Donatello. It was uh, man, I forget his name now. Man, I just saw him on Facebook. Anyway, we he was going to grab me by the head, roll me, and when I roll, he was going to throw a roundhouse kick. Okay. But what happens is when he rolled and he got up funny because, you know, you're in the suit and he gets up funny, he threw a sidekick. And the sidekick nailed me right in the mouth and it loosened my teeth. And I, I had to go get a, a special mouth guard to hold my teeth in place. Oh, man. But I finished that day and didn't get the mouth guard until later on that night. So it was like you just, kept, yeah, you just keep doing, you know, the work you have to do to do it. And there wasn't there... Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, another interesting thing about that, there is another one of your good long friends, um, uh, Richard or Rich, uh, yeah. Nabuzio was in it, correct? Yeah, yeah, Kano and, and, uh, and uh, Ho-Sung, Liu Kang was, was also in it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, what, was Liu Kang one of the, were you all foot soldiers or? Oh, Liu Kang was uh, 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 Raphael. He did the stunts for Raphael. He was a stunt turtle, martial arts stunt turtle. <laughs> They had, they, during the production, because you have you have a bunch of guys in turtle uh, outfits, you could have three or four. Oh yeah, yeah. You could have three or four turtles doing different shooting on different sets. Okay, very interesting. Um, so I guess that kind of helps segue because I mean, you got a lot of these uh, friends, and I think the story that I remember hearing was you had uh, kind of the concept of maybe doing like a little 
whether it was a short film or something, and it starts going in, eventually becoming Mortal Kombat. Can you go into the story on getting uh, the phone call from uh, John Tobias and uh, that with Rich DeVizio? There's like a, a interesting story you had. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, actually, um, well, the the whole friendship with John Tobias, like he's uh, he's my brother Carlos's age and Rich's age, which uh, Carlos is Raiden. So he's their age, and I'm a, I'm a little bit older than them. And I recall, uh, you know, John used to come to our house and, and, and to other friends' house and draw on the kitchen table. And I would watch them draw and kind of just hang out and read comic books with them because I'm, I'm, I'm also geeky that way. I play video games. We'd go to the arcade. But um, at one point, uh, John, for a class, uh, for a class when he was in art school, Chicago art design or something he was in art school and he wanted to shoot a, a he wanted to direct a fighting like an old-fashioned kung fu fighting movie uh with myself rich divisio and my brother carlos so that never happened but years later i get a call from uh first of all i get a call from rich uh kano and he's like hey John has been trying to call you. How come you haven't called him back? And I and John had called me a couple times. My my mom told me, "Hey, John called. Call him back." I was like, "Okay." And I was just kind of just out the door because you're young, you know. You got you're training. You're, you're you know. I'm still at that age where where I'm dating and stuff like that. You yeah. know, so I was more a little more interested in girls than calling John Tobias back up. <laughs> so uh, so eventually, Rich comes over to my house. He's like, "You're going to call John Tobias right now." And so he waited by, with me while I called John Tobias on the phone. And I was oh, like, right. make it sure. Yeah, he made it sure. And John, John is like, hey, he goes, I have a, an idea for a fighting game. I want to do a fighting game. And I need you to help me uh, put, uh, sell my idea to, to Midway. So all of a sudden, uh, I was like, okay, I could, I could do that. And he's like, I can't pay you a lot, you know, but, you know, we can discuss what, what's going to go on. Let's come to my work and shoot some uh fighting sequences and some movements and i will show you the drawings that i have and then we'll present that to midway and see if they they want to make this this game he says it's not going to be a big game it's only going to be a small concept so we went ahead and uh uh we actually kind of snuck into midway uh you know because i trained early in the morning so i recall i was like john what time should i come to your work and he's like come at nine and I was like, oh, man, it's, you know, I got to go all the way out there, kind of come at nine. I'm not going to get home till late. And I got to train in the morning. And I was like, can I make it earlier? And he's like, no, I don't want anybody to know my ideas until I present them. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So we, we got to Midway Games at about nine o'clock at night when nobody was around. Only, uh, only the people who were working in the manufacturing were around. And we went into a, into a space and we shot some moves and, and uh, he took that stuff and presented it to uh, to the guys at Midway. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, you, I mean, more comment is, I mean, at the time you guys were just pretty much doing it as like a, a passion project kind of deal. Yeah. You guys have any, any inkling at how this would be to the masses? No, uh, again, no, because when we we're do doing it, when I signed on to the project, they were, they promised me we we're only going to do 200 games because I, I kept on goofing around with them saying, hey, you're going to do 201 because you're going to give me a game. And John and Ed uh, were like, no, you know how expensive they are. They're like five grand. We're not going to give you any game. We're only going to do 200. We promise. That's it. It's going to be a small project. But I think that once 
we, John and I started filming for the game and people started peeking in or, or seeing the video of what was going on, they, they really got inspired and, and got, uh, you know, they were like, oh man, this is gonna be a cool game. And, and so people started doing an extra effort to get the game out. Interesting, wow, that's unbelievable. When, when did you first kind of like, whoa, this is, this is a big deal? Like when did it first hit you? Like your first experience of that? Uh, it didn't really hit me super big. Well, at, at the, for one thing, when I started showing up to help uh, John film the other characters, uh, people would actually know my name. Hey, Danny, how are you? And oh. I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. And I wouldn't even know who they were, but apparently they'd be watching the videos or watching the production of the game and be like, who's that guy? Oh, that's Danny. Because at one time there was only Johnny Cage versus Johnny Cage. We didn't have any other characters filmed. So okay. Johnny Cage is the father of all the characters because he's the one who made the pathway to the game. So they, a lot of people are like, who is that guy? Oh, that's my friend Danny. Oh, so they'd be coming in. They got used to my face just by playing the game. They'd be like, hey, Danny. And I'd be like, hi, I've never really met you before. But because the game looks like me, they, you know, you get that association. Oh, man. So that's then, awesome. Yeah. So then, sorry, so I, I blab a lot. So no, then, yeah. So then uh, John wants to take the game out to testing. And they're going to test it on Super Bowl Sunday. And so they were like, well, yeah, they were like, well, we're going to test it. We're not going to get good numbers because everybody's going to be at home watching Super Bowl. But then John shows, John takes the machine in, they drop it off, and uh, he gets a call a couple hours later, and they're like, hey, there's something wrong with the machine. And so John's got to drop what he's doing, and he's got to run in to check on the machine. And so he's looking at the machine, and he's like, there's hardly anybody in there. And I open up the coin box because I couldn't figure out what was wrong and the, it's filled with quarters. Because once oh. you, the coin box is filled with quarters, you can't play the game because it's not making money. So it stops oh, making yeah. money. So he's like, okay, I fixed it. He, go, he goes home and a couple hours later, they call again. And when he gets there again, he looks in and the coin box is filmed and filled and there's not that many people in the arcade. And he was like, he, he was just like, man, he goes, this game is going to flip and do really, really well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, that, so when he told me that story, I was like, man, I knew, I always knew it was going to be really good, but I'm glad that everybody's going to really, really enjoy this game. Awesome. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, and and uh, real quick, there's a really interesting story you had as well. Uh, it was going over just how, how you kind of, as far as Johnny Cage goes, you created uh, the energy ball, right? Uh, whether in the color and everything. What, what was the little background story to that? Yeah, well, John, John was like, uh, because we wanted to make it as real as possible. We didn't, you know, I used to play Street Fighter and I enjoyed the game, but I didn't like the martial arts in the game because I was like, nobody ever kicks like that or nobody punches, really punches like that. Even, uh, even you, you could tell from the artist drawing the punch that it looks cool, but no martial, art, martial artist would ever punch or kick like that. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a, a, if when you see somebody get thrown in a movie, you're like, oh, they have no idea how to throw a person. <laughs> but you enjoy the movie, but you still enjoy the movie. But you know, they're like, oh my God, you know, that's so slow. Because we're martial artists, that's the way we think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so I was like, what am I gonna wanna do? And then I remember uh, during Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah. There was a, a guy called Egg Chen, and he was the good sorcerer. And he just didn't pull magic out of anywhere. He had a, a bag with alchemy in it. 
with some chemicals, old herbs, and he'd dig in there and he'd mix them together and throw like, like an energy ball out at you. So I was like, oh, that's a cool move. So I thought like, oh, I'm going to reach in my nine demon bag because I'm a geek and I remember that it was called the nine demon bag and then throw it out. So I would practice throwing it out different ways, trying to throw it out different ways until finally uh, how you see it in the game is how, how it was thrown out. I'll do a quick, uh, I have a quick video clip, uh, of that exact thing. It's, it's awesome. Oh, there it is. And of course, your way was a lot cooler, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's my inspiration, you know. Uh, and again, the guy in the movie didn't know martial arts, so I had to make it like a martial art type thing as opposed to just a plain old throwing the alchemy or throwing the, the ball, special balls in there. That's, that's awesome. And, and yeah, I love that, you know, just kind of the background of it, the, you know, geeking out of it. I mean, that's a great pull right there. Um, Let's go into real quick one of the most famous moves, not just in Mortal Kombat, but all of, probably all of gaming. Uh, just going to show again uh, another uh, quick little clip for everybody here. Here we go. Man, how many times did you have to do the splits that day? <laughs> I did the splits, probably that move at least close to 50 times. Oh my goodness. And the whole thing is like, because the camera was, actually the camera was a high res eight camera, but John Tobias's dad owned the camera. So it was basically a family oh, camera. Oh really? So it wasn't a, it wasn't a super expensive, uh, high production camera. It was a family camera. It was probably the best you can get but not uh, for a consumer, but it wasn't professional. So the whole thing was everything had to be done slow. So John was like, Can you, hey, do the splits. Uh, uh, let's do a, a parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And originally I didn't really want to do the splits. And I was like, nah, and he, but he was like, if you do the splits, I'll buy you a pizza. Okay. So, so I was like, okay, sold. I'm gonna, I'll do the splits for a pizza. So we just like to, like um, one of the, one of the things being a martial artist too is in my gin bag, I had a, a rope dart. And a rope dart later on, I put a scorpion's weapon. Oh, but, okay. But in order to not get rope burns from the rope dart, I put you put baby powder on it. So that way that when it slides through really quick, because it's a it's a like a one-pound dart on the end. So mm -hmm. when you get force going out of it, the rope burns will really, really happen. So to not get that, I had baby powder. So if you look at that on the floor there, you'll see that baby powder from that particular bag. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because I was like, well, if I'm going to go into splits really slow, I need it slippery because it's concrete. Yeah. So that way, yeah. so that way it makes it slick. So I was like, we got to put this down, and then I'll be able to slide slowly into the splits. But I did that like 50 times about. 10 or 12 different ways over and over again. It, man, it was painful. Oh, man. Yeah, it's good. Now, yeah. Uh, as far as Johnny Cage goes, like you said, it's kind of like kinda almost like the godfather of all the characters, figuring out like lighting, because this hasn't been, at that time, it hasn't been done before. You know, the lighting, uh, as you said, using uh, that particular camera. 
And I remember you also mentioned, I mean, in the video and pictures, that's concrete floor for most of the things you guys had to do. I mean, what, what was that like filming and figuring it all out? Yeah, uh, well, uh, at the beginning when we were filming, John and I were filming, I actually did falls on the concrete. Wow. The, uh, but, uh, well, I did judo, so, you know, and I did some yeah. jujitsu. So from over time, it wasn't that uncomfortable to do it on, on plus you're young, you know, you, you could do it on the floor. <laughs> we would, you know, you, when you do falls, you know, 10,000 times, all of a sudden it's not that uncomfortable to, to fall on concrete. Right. So doing that. And then uh, I was like, I was like, John, you know, I, I know how to fall, but some of the guys coming in don't know how to fall as well as I do. And John is like, oh, we got a mat somewhere for them. Yeah. So I kind of looked at him and he's like, hey, you didn't complain. So I didn't pull out the mat. So I was just, uh, so I was just like, oh, man. And so we, because we're friends already. So we would kind of rib each other like that. So we developed that whole thing from nothing and, and uh, for about five or six days until we had the, uh, until we invited, uh, not invited, but Ed Boone was the programmer. But we didn't have anything to program for like five or six days. So but for about 60 hours worth, we that little floor piece and the little background stuff and the lighting was all developed during that time. Wow. Yeah, and it's, you know, cutting edge on it at the time. And, and it, I mean, pulled off great. But yeah, figuring those ways through. And uh, Johnny Cage himself, like what was he kind of based off of? I know there was talk, there was a Van, Jean-Claude Van Damme story. Uh, but there was more to that. Yeah, yeah. Originally, like when we were we were uh, trying to uh, introduce the game ideas, we didn't have a name for it. John didn't have a name for it. And John, uh, later on, after uh, John showed his video, our video and his drawings to Midway, that's the first time. Uh, then we had a second meeting. And that's when I finally met Ed Boone. And I didn't really know that he was going to be the programmer. I, they, John just told me, this is guy is the management. He's going to, we need to talk about more of the game, about ideas and concepts about the game. So there, at that point, the Johnny Cage character was actually Michael Grimm. And we modeled him, John and I had modeled him off of Iron okay. Fist. You know, Iron Fist being a martial art artist. And if you look at a lot of the characters, they come from around there. Like Shang-Chi looks like Liu Kang later on in number two. Yeah. He looks like Bruce Lee in number one, but he looks like Shang-Chi in number two. Master of Kung Fu, you know, Jax looks like Power Man. But anyway, so, <laughs> so the original concept is for him to be like, like Daniel Radcliffe from Iron, uh, from Iron Fist. But then uh, they didn't think that our game would really, the concept, they didn't dig the concept. So our game was dropped and they went with an idea to have a game with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And so when that got, didn't go through, uh, Ed really wanted the Van Damme character in there. But, I, I, but me personally, if they would have told me, hey, this, this character is Jean-Claude Van Damme, I would have not done the game. Because, I, uh, because that, in, the, uh, in the stipulation to do the game, John was like, we're going to let you do any ideas you want in the game. I'll help you out with any concepts you have. But we'll put the concept you have in the game, and you're the one who's going to help me create the pathway to the game so you have some say so into it so when we were shooting john was just like come on man uh, uh let's throw some van damme in there and then again the whole pizza thing the whole pizza the, the way to bribe me is with a pizza yeah. and john was also like 
man, dude, I'll buy you a pizza. And then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll throw some Van Damme in there yeah. for a pizza. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll do anything for food because we're martial artists, man. We're always starving. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're burning so many calories. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm, some people may know or may not know, uh, but your brother Carlos uh, was Raiden. Yeah. Yeah. The Almighty Raiden. I love there was a story where like his hat kept falling off. That story, the, your yeah. solution to that problem, what was that? Yeah, yeah. The, so, uh, like, uh, again, uh, I was I was there for everyone shooting except for Raiden for one day. So uh, Raiden was doing, like, uh, falls and stuff like that. And, on, on, uh, you know, when you get hit, you got to fall back. We had come up with, uh, John and I went through a series of falls because, I again, the, the whole martial art background, I landed different ways. And it finally, when I flipped back, it, they were like, man, that's really cool. So, but unfortunately that hat wouldn't stay on his head. So at the, he kept on landing on it, crushing on it. And then eventually uh, uh, when they were almost done, when they were almost done shooting, I showed up and I kind of like, John was like, he was like, hey, take a look at this. And so I looked at the video and he's like, man, this hat won't stay on. I got to figure out, maybe I'm going to shoot the hat and just draw it on his head. And then I looked at John and I was just like, John, it's a God, he doesn't need to, get up he could just appear up yeah and john was just like man teleport him up that's a good idea so all of a sudden uh raiden could teleport up and he with the hat on but that but the, uh, that hat did not last uh at the end uh, i think uh I, I think john had to go buy another hat for like the second or third shoot day shooting uh raiden because and it was totally so destroyed. many interesting things that where you contribute to it like um just uh, and we'll go into the story about you having to play the ninjas in a second. But, um, you know, even like as you're just kind of going through those motions as Scorpion, like coming up with Get Over Here, which, you know, again, one of the most famous video game lines ever, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, Get Over Here actually is, is uh, Rich DeVizio actually came up with that. He's the one oh, okay. who Yeah, so Kano came up with that. So what happens is I was doing the, I was showing him the rope dart technique. I was like, the rope dart is a dagger on a really super long uh, rope that's used to pull horsemen off their horses. So it's like an anti-cavalry weapon. So I, 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 it's one of my favorite weapons. So when I was doing the movement, Rich yelled out like, Kano, get over here. And then he went and he uppercut it. And we all laughed. But it really resonated with everyone. And later on, uh, I know Ed, Ed does the, the voice, but every time I hear Ed do the voice, it sounds just like Rich doing Kano's voice. So I always get a little chuckle out of it because I, it just reminds me of that. It just reminded me the whole time we were all having fun. And I started getting like, yeah, that was a good time. And that was really, you know, just coming out of uh, just ideas, just flying out of everywhere. That's the other thing I love about it. You know, just, you know, kind of fan, you guys yourselves are kind of, you know, fanboying out, you know, throwing this in there. Uh, like, like you and Rich being in Ninja Turtles 2 together as foot soldiers, carrying on Mortal Kombat, doing all these cool projects together. Um, but let's real quick, let's go into that story um, uh, about, uh, I, you call him Tony Marquez. He was originally supposed to be uh, the ninjas in the first game, right? Yeah. The, yeah. That, that's what you are. <laughs> oh my god it's gonna a little longer you're gonna have to cut me off if i get a little long but what happened was we because the game was so low budget like john and i went to uh i don't know if you ever remember probably all the older martial arts 
artist will remember East West Market on Broadway. Oh, uh, masters, yeah. uh, judo and judo masters, I think, uh, son used to own a shop. I think he might still have a school there, but he owned this big warehouse. So we went there to buy Tony's ninja costume. <laughs> so the adult small costs more than the child's large. Oh. So we were like, we're going to buy Tony, the adult small, the child large, and just kind of make fun of him when he's wearing it. Because we were just kind of, John and I are planning this out. So the day before we're going to shoot, Tony drops a 25-pound weight on his toe. And he breaks it. Because he didn't, uh, like, uh, what happened was he had a fifth, uh, the, he had the 45 on it. In front of it, he had the 25. So when he was done, he was going to strip the, the bar he grabbed the 45 because he was talking to somebody. And when he pulled it off, that fell right on his toe and broke his toe. Oh. So then uh, I called John up and he's like, well, you got to do it, man. He goes, we, we're already behind schedule. We, you have to do it. You have to jump in the costume and, and do this stuff. And we got to get this done. And I was like, oh, crap, man. Uh, okay. So I show up and I put this uniform on. And every time I threw a kick or made a movement, it would rip. And oh. so we're at Midway and we don't really have that much extra extra like safety pins. I think we had two safety pins. So John is like putting this uniform together to make it stay in place with straight pins. So a lot of times when I was actually doing the movement, I was getting pricked by straight pins doing it. It was the most uncomfortable costume ever. You're literally bleeding for your art. Yeah, literally. So so yeah, but in the end, it turned out well, you know, and two, it was like uh, the characters that I had John put in, I uh, originally the, the, the ninjas were going to be uh, Japanese ninjas, but I thought, I told John, it'd be much cooler if we put in the Lin Kuei, the Chinese ninja, because nobody has really ever heard of that. And they have a unique way to dress. Basically the way Scorpion is dressed, but all in black would be what a, what a Lin Kuei would look like. Because naturally, if you have yellow or blue okay. or green, you would see them in the dark. So I made John change his Japanese ninja into and add a Lin Kuei storyline. So in the end, I got to portray the characters that I, I kind of helped, helped uh, made them put in, in the game, basically. You know, so yeah, so it turned out all right. Interesting, interesting story. And we talked <clears throat> at, at pretty good length about uh, Mortal Kombat 1 so far. What, let's go into Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, you know, now uh, Tony Marquez is Kung Lao, one of the coolest characters, Deadly, yeah. deadly Hat. Uh, man, how'd you guys even come up with the hat idea? That's so cool. Actually, uh, uh, John really came up with, with the basic, uh, he had a hand plane, almost all the characters. So he, he came up with this guy with the hat and with the blade on it. And we used to call him Odd Job. Because we were goofed around and said, oh, you got the idea from James Bond in uh, Goldfinger. There was the, you know, the, the, the big Japanese guy. But actually, I think he was like, uh, he might have been like, a, 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 anyway, whoever he was, he was a big guy and he had the ha bladed hat. So we used to call Kung Lao Hathead or Odd Job. Okay. So, so you know, Tony would figure out different ways to throw the hat and kind of have the personality of the hat. And uh, he actually took the way he wore the hat. He wore, he was inspired by Clint Eastwood from Big Bad, uh, uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, and okay. Dollars. 
If you ever look at the way Clint Eastwood help, puts the hat, Tony made oh, his okay. character put the hat the same way because he loved Clint Eastwood so much. Oh man, that makes oh that makes sense now. Interesting. Yeah, just, I love again just pulling from every every corner on it. Yeah. yeah. Was the the shooting process uh, any different for you guys? Well, yeah. Well, we, they bought a production camera. They have like a, a really nice camera. Oh, legit camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, originally, uh, the first day I showed up for filming the actual for the game, not the uh, not the filming to to pitch the game, but the, uh, we filmed it in a in a what I thought was a storage space. Because Don looked for a flat wall, and he's like, that wall's flat. We're going to film against that wall. So there was no, like, lighting or anything like that. It was just overhead lighting we started with, and we're in a flat wall. And, and John, uh, Ed, and myself moved, like, desks out of the way and made a clear space to, to, wow. work, to work from. It, that's it's uh, always amazes me. Like sometimes you can have this huge production and just kind of fall short. And many times when you, you're lacking in the the funds to get all this big stuff. You kind of the creativity comes out a lot more, and that really showed in the game. Like my story, we all have our own. We all have our own Mortal Kombat uh, introduction story. Mine, I was I was actually in sixth grade, um, and I remember it was just like taking the whole school and neighborhood by storm. And I'm like, what is this? stuff all about and of course you know everybody's into video games and stuff you know street fighter 2 and everything and then um you know the coolest thing you know obviously the blood code made it extra cooler and edgier yeah it made it so different but what was amazing is uh the other thing was like the combos the the extra secrets uh, you know how to get like reptile it it really made it a lot more enticing to to play the game and of course, I had to do a, a whole uh, sales spiel to even get my parents. To, I had to like rent it first and do the blood code. And yeah, they have to say okay, right? <laughs> I, I, I had luckily I had a really cool uh, cool parents for that. But did they let? Did you show them the blood code, or did you not? Show I did. Them? I did. Oh, you know, I, 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 I lucked out. I, I, you're a good kid. It took a lot of convincing. Yeah, hard sell. Hard sell, right? <laughs> Uh, but that's again. That's what made it so edgy and cool. And on, honestly, um, going to the story, uh, back to more comment one. One of the the, the first fatality uh, you guys came up with. Yeah, yeah. The uh, when John was like, uh, John was like, you know what? We need a way to finish these guys. There's got to be. We got to have a finishing move. And that, I, and eventually, that's where finish him came from. Because John was like, man, we got to finish him. How are we gonna finish this guy? And uh, he was like, how would you finish the guy? And I was like, I would jump up in the air and punch a hole it, through his skull. So we actually filmed me jumping up in the air and punching a hole into somebody's skull. And then John took a look at that and he goes, you know what, that might be a lot of work. What, what's another way? And so I was like, it'd be cool if all of a sudden the guy gets so weak, he falls to his knees. So I just pummel him and then I punch off his head. And John was like, okay, let's film that. So we filmed that, and then we took a look at it, and John is like, that's pretty cool. I can probably use that one. He goes, you got any other one? And I was like, I like the punch the head idea. I was like, I just want to just, when he's had enough, I just go and just punch his head right off. Ooh. Yeah, so he's like, John was just like, there it is, and that's, that's what happened. In all its glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and two, when I was thinking of it, like punching the head off, there was a guy in the 70s. He's probably still around, Matsuyama. 
very famous Japanese martial artist, Masuyama, and he used to fight bulls and chop the horns off of bulls. You know what I mean? With such power. So I was just like, oh, all that power. So, you know, I'm going to do a Matsuyama, you know, uh, <laughs> on this guy. And is that sort of carry over into like, uh, I thought it was very interesting, like in the middle of that, just cool, like almost like a sub game at the time of the Test Your Might? <clears throat> yeah, actually, Test Your Might. I did never understood Test Your Might. I was like, we're going to do Test Your Might. What is that all about? That's not really martial arts. And yeah. then Don was like, it's all about getting the quarters. He goes, because if you fail at this, you're going to have to put in another quarter. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's, that's what it is. He goes, yeah. And he goes, we have to put it in because, you know, in the end, this game is designed to make money for the company. So you can't, you know, so we got we to gotta put this tester in my day. Interesting. All, all I know is that it got my, uh, my fast twitch fibers really, really right? working. <laughs> it's... Um, I it was hard. There was another amazing, amazing thing that came up about uh, when I was kind of researching you. Is um, is I mean, I've always known of you. I just honestly, I didn't know how involved and in, in how just you, the the friendship. Uh, speaking of which, there was a lot of things at the time uh, that carried over into later games. Uh, you guys literally had friendship. Uh, you guys had talk of doing X-ray. Uh, yeah, a lot of these things have carried over into the later games as well. Yeah, uh, you know, like some other things you guys kind of came up at the time. It wasn't like multiple fighters and yeah, just goofing around like a lot of ideas floating. Like when we were originally uh, pitching the game, the Midway, we mentioned X-rays from Fist of the North Star, like an anime. There's a Japanese. Yeah, one. yeah, and that's a martial art one. So there, yeah. So we really wanted to have that in there uh, when we were. Uh, like uh, the friendship, we were feeling uh, Liz, Malecki, Sonia. You know, yeah. uh, John was like, "Oh, we need a we need a, a finishing move for Liz," and and uh, Liz was like, "Why do I have to kill somebody? Why can't we all be friends? Why can't I just give him a flower?" Right. And and later on, I understand that Sonia's friendship is a flower. And that, but Liz came up with that, and then uh, uh, two, I recall Carlos and Rich grouping around and and trying to. Get uh, trying to get John and Ed to put in tag teams. They were like, "Oh, it'd be cool." If, and they, but they wanted only Kano and Raiden tag team. They didn't want me to or anybody else to have a tag team. They just wanted their characters to have a secret tag team. So later on, there was tag teams, and that the idea of having a secret character kind of came out of that idea of of them trying to pitch that to to John and Ed, so uh, it, there's just the- And so the technology wasn't even ready for some, I mean, some of these ideas, like you guys are really, man, just pulling from the, the create, creativity of it. Yeah, I th uh, and again, I think because, you know, during combat, especially Mortal Kombat 1, uh, John being the lead, he was, he really would listen to any, the best idea. And then us scooping around, we would, Expand the uh, expand any idea he had. Uh, uh, an example I always use is is when John wanted the Scorpion to put you on fire for his fatality, and me being a smart butt, I was like, no, I'm not. John was like, breathe fire, and I'm like, John, I'm not going to breathe fire, because if I breathe fire, my whole mask will be on fire. Right, right, yeah. uh, uh, right. I, and then John is like, don't be a, a, a an a hole. Pull the mask down and breathe fire. 
Only and, a friend could say that to you. You can't have like a regular box. Yeah, exactly. And then, so then Rich was like, well, Kano was like, that'd be cool if he pulls his mask off and he's a skeleton. And then I was like, and it's, he's on fire. And then all of a sudden everybody started laughing, but that turned out to be Scorpion's finishing move. Is all from that whole joking around with, with your head on fire. <laughs> Amazing. And, um, and, you know, kind of back to like martial arts training, because uh, I focus on Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, judo, sambo, wrestling, more grappling side of things. And, and that's, you know, what you started with. And we actually did uh, prep wrestling, which I plan on doing more. Because I yeah. love the, the weapons. Uh, it's just, it's the mo I've been focusing a lot on movement. And um, we were doing uh, nunchucks or chucking, as they say. Yeah, hello, Tucker. That's right. <laughs> um, and I love the way you describe it. And actually, there was an interview you did. Uh, it was like the really cool point. One, your, your master had, had taught you, like, what's the best technique to use? What's the best uh, way to go back? And you're talking about uh, strategy. Uh, there's like a whole comparison that with, I believe, with like rocks. Um, but yeah. about, can you go into yeah. that a little bit? Cause that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, uh, you know, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways to make a soup, basically. And all martial arts are uh, basically a soup. And you can like a certain chicken in your soup or you can like a teriyaki soup or you could like a different soup. But anyway, I was just like, master, what is, a, what is the best style? What's the best move? And he's like, you know what the best move is? He goes, your enemy's coming to your town. So you figure out a way where you can climb up a way above them and you start storing rocks there. And so when they start coming through the pass, you and a bunch of your people start throwing rocks on the top of their head and that's the best martial art move ever. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. And he's like, you know, and it was just really opened my eyes. Like you have to do, in a in a martial art, you have to do whatever it 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 takes to to uh, win that fight. Because in those days, it was just it was about taking people's stuff. Yeah, I want to take your stuff. I don't want you to take my stuff. Yeah, you know, even today, you know, I want to keep my tax money, and they want me to pay more in taxes. Right, it's always about it's always about that taking stuff. <laughs> So martial arts is really about that. You want to defend your stuff. I want to defend my food. I want to defend my home. I want to defend this. And the other people are like, oh, I want more. So I want to take some from you because I deserve it more. Yeah. So anyway, it's kind of like it's, it's been since the dawn of time, you know? Well, even uh, there's another story. I, I, I hope you'd be gracious enough to tell us. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, you, it was you, uh, Rich Divizio Kano. Um, I'm not sure how many other guys, but you guys were at a, a, a bar or a club or something, and some big dude picks a fight. What, what did uh, what did uh, Johnny Cage do to this guy? Well, uh, well, it, 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 we were at man, I forget where what bar it was, but yeah, there we were at a at a bar, and you know we brought John Tobias out with us. Okay. So we're at this bar and John's getting, John is like, hey, you guys want to drink? And I had a drink and, and Kano really doesn't drink, but he had a beer anyway. And so he was just like, I'm going to go get a drink. And so John's at the bar and, you know, naturally being, you know, I'm, we're martial artists. We're not over drinking, but we're watching out for our friends. Yeah. And there's this big guy. He's got to be like maybe 6'2", 6'3". He's a, he's a pretty big guy. So 
he, for some reason, doesn't like the way he's getting treated. And he starts pushing everybody around and stuff like that. And he goes and he shoves John Tobias. And so I was just like, whoa, nobody does. You know, that's my friend. You know what I mean? And John, John is, uh, 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 you know, he's an artist. He doesn't know anything about martial arts. So he pushes John and I go like that. But the guy sees me coming. But the guy is drunk. You know what I mean? So he yeah. swings really kind of really wide and so i just stuck under him and i freaking hit him oh. and and when i hit him i was going to hit him again because that's the way we're trained we're not not, not right. one blow you have to you know i'm not going to kill him but i'm going to make sure that he does he's on the floor so when i hit him and i was going to hit him again i could i look at him because you know when you're look when you're doing that you're looking at the guy in the face because you're not just all wild so when i hit him i was going to go hit him again and I could see his eyes already rolled back in his head that I, oh, no. I cocked him pretty good. You know, I hit him right in the jaw because again, you know, as a martial artist, yeah. you know, like, oh yeah, if I hit like this, his head's gonna snap and he's gonna, you know, when your head snaps, you go unconscious. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so when I hit him, I was gonna hit him again. And I was like, I was like, no, because he started to fall down. So after he started to fall forward, all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I go like this because I think one of his friends is coming after me. But I look over his shoulder and I see Rich Divizio Kano jumping up in the air. And I see him releasing a flying knee oh, at this guy, like right over me. And I was just like, in my mind, I was like in a movie. No, because I was like, this guy is already unconscious. Like He's going to take his whole knee 100%. Uh, and uh, luckily, he survived the knee. He got hit with the knee and he oh, went back. But... It was just like, but it just shows you kind of like just as, us as friends. We were just tight and would always yeah. kind of stick up for each other. And even though I would tease Rich or or John would tease me or, you know, we had this stuff around. We really tried to defend each other. But, you know, be, uh, martial arts works. Martial arts really works. Was that uh, b was that before you guys uh, made more Combat the first game? or like that, was, that was during Mortal Kombat 1. So these guys... Had no clue that they just got beat up by John Cage, Scorpion, and Kano. Yeah, they got caged. Yeah, they got caged. You know, they got they got <laughs> caged. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, that's amazing. Now, uh, I, I'll fast forward a little bit. I, you know, I know, uh, you know, after World Cup Two, there was a parting, you know, parting ways on at, at that point for you. Uh, I don't want to go too much into that. But, uh, you know, I know in 1995, the movie came out. Everybody's super excited for coming out. Um, you know, Mortal Kombat, it was compared to like Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat was always like the rated R game. And yeah. what, what is your take on the movie in that, in that light? I wish they would have made it a little darker. I think it, they should have made it at least 13 and above. Mm -hmm. You know, because in the end, you see the mover 13, and at that time, you see the movie when you're 13, but when it goes to your home, your parents are going to let, let you watch it anyway. They're going to supervise you at the time and let you watch it anyway. And you're still going to get that influx of that. So I always thought it would, should be in a little darker than it was. Gotcha. And okay. That way it's kind of truer. And hopefully this, the new one, they're, they're working on a new one, and hopefully it will, uh, you know, it'll be all right. It'll be dark. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean... They just came out with a, a recent uh, a cartoon movie um, that was definitely more, definitely more in that area. Um, and, you know, of course, I had an 
interview the the original Scorpion before uh, this Friday. I'll be interviewing Chris Casamasa. Uh, right. Same time, 7 p.m. This channel here, guys. Um, you guys got to tune in. He's an awesome guy. Uh, he competed on the same circuit as as I did. Really? So, okay. Yeah. So yeah, and I I uh, his his parents had a, at the time. I don't know if they still had it, but at the time, his parents have a big tournament out in California, and so they they invited. Uh, us out there, so I went with Hosung and and Luke and uh, Tony Marquez, who's uh, Kung Lao. So we went out there for like a weekend. They treated us like kings. So you know, Chris Chris Casamasa rocks. You know, yeah, that's, that's what I gather. He seems uh, and he, there's a lot he does with like the community and everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, our Florida's that's what we do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that you are taking the time to do this and and him, it's, I'm super appreciative. Uh, like I said, I usually have uh, like pretty you know big seminars for for uh, you know top level martial artists, and um, you know we can't do that right now with what's going on, going on out there. And but when this is over, I would love uh, to invite you out. Uh, what would you tell people the style that you were uh, of uh, I believe it was kung fu that you're going to teach? Uh, yeah, I was going to. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll touch on a style called uh, Bagua Zhang uh, uh, later uh, in. In the beginning, it was called turning, uh, uh, turning palm, because they turn and spin a lot. And uh, later on, it became bagua, which is a triagram. Because when you look at the footwork, uh, when a philosopher said, "Oh, it's you know, like you're making the I Ching with it." Oh, okay. But it is. But it is uh, the one of uh, it. It's its main thing is moving while striking. So you're constantly moving and constantly striking. So a lot of so you're never in one fixed position, and it's all about footwork. And I think uh, I think it's a good uh, uh, because it's a it is a traditional martial art. It's a good crossover for any martial art because in the end we're always moving. Because if you're not moving, you're getting hit, or you're getting thrown, or you're getting locked. You know, you're yeah. getting, getting choked out. The thing is, we got to always keep moving. We know, you know what I mean. Not don't yeah. let the, don't let people uh, your opponent zero in on you. Yeah, I love that because, uh, you know, for us, obviously, uh, when guys compete and spar, it's, it's grappling, but same, be the same concept. Instead of a punch, you, you, you get your, your grip. Uh, yeah. There's no different there. So yeah, I look forward to that. And I, I, honestly, I would love to, to visit your school. Can you tell people, uh, you know, where you teach? Tell them more about that. Yeah, yeah. You could reach out to me at uh, masterpasina.com. Otherwise, I'm on Facebook at masterpasina. On Instagram, Master D Piscina, because I can't remember the password for Master Piscina. And Instagram okay. won't let you. Instagram won't let you change your password unless you know the password to the old one. So I don't know why. But okay. and then on Twitter, I'm at, at Master Piscina. I'm here in Chicago on the north side uh, by uh, uh, Ravenswood and Montrose. So you know they can reach out to me and th that check social media for. Either message me, phone numbers on there, all the infos on there. Everybody's welcome. Just come out and hang out or whatever it is. Awesome. And then, you know, when we get together, do a seminar, reach out to anyone, even if you don't know martial arts and just want to see what's going on, come to the come to the school uh, and just check out what's going on. It's going to be all right. Everybody's welcome. It's a friendly atmosphere. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pop by and, and we'll definitely uh, set something up. Uh, that was cool too. Um, Going, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the movie uh, Book of Swords because there was a lot of, you know, like Ho Sung Pak, um, you know, uh, Rich, you yeah. can you talk a little bit more about that for everybody. 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, Hos- uh, Hosung wanted to, do, to produce his own movie. And it was going to be like, and it was Book of Swords. And so it's all shot in Chicago. And, there, and uh, he got a uh, crew together. And uh, we got people we know to give us space. Like the, one of the guys from, uh, man, what was the reggae bar? There was a reggae bar. It might still be around. That's what happens when you get older. You don't go to bars anymore. But uh, there was a reggae bar up on Clark Street. And, he, and that guy let us use his, his bar to shoot a, a bar fight for two days. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was like, uh, he was like, you can't come during prime time. He goes, but we can make it look like it's, it's dark out. So at two, we shot in by Lincoln Park Zoo, but we shot gorilla style. So we didn't, get a, we didn't get a permit. I probably, it's so long ago, we can't get in trouble. But we didn't get a permit. But we had like 60, 70 people sitting in Lincoln Park shooting a film. And I think because it looks so official, nobody ever stopped by to shut us down. <laughs> so down. I got the gorilla shooting down, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it, we were just shooting like the whole night there. And I think, uh, I think some of the guys that filmed it worked for WGN. They were oh, cameramen okay. for Double GN. So I think when cops came by and saw those guys, they were like, oh, yeah, those guys are, they got, those guys are the news guys. Just let them shoot. But it was a side job. But, so we shot that uh, all in Chicago. Uh, it was, yeah, big project, long project. He, he kept on, because it was his first film producing, I think we shot enough for like three movies. Because we kept on adding fight scenes. Oh, that much we like, oh, we need this fight scene. We need that fight scene. So, yeah, there were a lot of people in it, man. You guys even had The Last Dragon, Timok in there. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a couple or one, at least one Chicago Bear in there. I forget who it was because it was a long time ago. But, man, all, everybody worked on the movies really down to earth. Really, you would not even know that, like, uh, you know, that, that people were, like, professional athletes or even Timok. Timok is a big hero of mine. But he's just a normal guy. He's really, really cool. Awesome. Um, well, I'm going to get to a last couple uh, questions segment here. And then anybody watching, this is a time to really chime in with extra questions. So start typing them in. Give some thumbs up. Show some love here. Uh, so what I'm going to go on. These are kind of like, uh, like fun questions. Uh, so for you, who are um, like your main martial art inspirations? Naturally, uh, I would uh, put uh, Bruce Lee up there. Uh, I have some old school masters that were, uh, that really, uh, uh, my primary master, Go Chin Hua, he's based out of, uh, he teaches in, in the suburbs. He has a school in the suburbs. Okay. Uh, so, uh, old, old school martial artist, uh, not so tough now because, you know, you get older, you get a little softer. Yeah. Uh, that's what he tells me. He goes, yeah, yeah, I don't like to do that. It's too much work to hit people. Yeah. <laughs> so so and you know besides that i like uh you know in the movies i like donnie yen i like uh, uh yes you know tony ja i like a lot of i like a lot of the present day martial artists heck even even if, if when john claude van damme comes out with the movie i'll pay for that movie you know oh, i gotta support him yeah or or even you know wesley slipes or anybody like that i will Dolph Lundgren, anybody like that i'll just you know yeah they deserve they're fellow martial artists. They, you know what I mean? They're coming out with their, they need support too. You know, it's not. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's not, you know, we, we all, it, them being like us, you know that they struggled, you know, with their, with the martial art career because doing martial arts 
you're not a rich guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like being a, an artist of any kind. I, like I, before I got in, into this, I was a professional musician playing guitar and, and going around and I did a bunch of things with that. And, and a lot of that, honestly, uh, being a musician by itself helped me with just timing. And it's very, it's very, uh, it, it crosses over to many things. Yeah. Rhythm, right? Uh, for sure. Uh, another question is uh, you also train in, in a lot of weapons. Uh, I, I, how many weapons do you do? And what, what are some of your favorites? Uh, I do 28 different weapons. So different meaning uh, um, there's weapons that look kind of similar. So they'll have similar moves, but because of the shape of them, they have their own unique moves. You know, to make them, that's the reason why they look different is not just because they look cool. Because in the old days, if you look cool, you'd probably just die. You know what I mean? If you're holding a sword, if two guys got the sword and you got a cool sword, but you don't know how to use it, you're pretty much done. <laughs> so there's different, so they might look the same, but they're di different. So there's 28 basic different weapons. A couple of them are exotic. Like I've learned, uh, I learned, uh, one really exotic one that I'm, I, I had the weapon, I left it in China, and now I can't find it. It's, oh. it's, uh, it's the guillotine or a harvest moon sword. So basically, it's like a five-foot rod with a, with a curved blade on the outside that you use to spin around, and it's just so awesome to, to use because it's just like, who in the heck has time to think of this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that, and naturally, I, I, I love the two-handed sword. I'm a, I'm a big spear guy. I like the spear guy. Uh, Bagua weapons have unique weapons, too. So they, uh, some of them are uh, uh, deer, deer antlers. So some, at some time in the old days, a guy took two deer antlers and put them together and tied them together. And, and as you know, deer antlers are pretty sharp and they could poke yeah. a hole through anything. And so that guy used them as a weapon. So that's one of the weapons is, wow. is deer antlers. And then, you know, and another guy uh, made, uh, they call it the judge's pen because it looks like a big ancient Chinese pen, but really it, the tip is made out of steel. Oh. So it's like a, a, like a pointy dagger thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, yeah, it, uh, I always say these guys had too much free time, you know, to think of stuff. Yeah. Um, I got another question in here. Um, any advice for those just starting with martial arts? Any quotes that you live by? Train, stretch. I cannot really, you're going to hear, oh, stretch. And, and you know what? When I used to train, I used to hate stretching. I would rather do the conditioning. I would rather do like uh, when I did, uh, when I trained for Sanda, you know, uh, we get, we kick each other's legs and that hurts. And I would rather do that than stretch because, because stretching hurts so much. Yeah. But at the end, uh, uh, my master told me uh, stretch because stretching will keep you out of the nursing home. Meaning your mind could be gone, but as long as you can walk, and do stuff for yourself, get in the shower without assistance, nobody ever puts you in a nursing home. But you can have a great mind and your body is done and that will stick you in a nursing home. And that's not always a good place to go. Right, that, that makes a lot of sense because it, it takes that wear and tear off, especially like, you know, we spar a lot with grappling and uh, I actually started doing, uh, and got certified under the creator of Janaska Natural, 
uh, Alvaro Romano. It's, it's a lot of movement and animalistic movements, natural movements. Like I said, I've been into movement a lot more, stretching and a lot of aches and pains of mine go away. I, that makes so much sense. Cause otherwise, yeah, you, you know, you, you'd be like, you know, 30, 39 years old and you feel like, you know, you're, you're 65, you know, yeah. <laughs> when it comes in handy, you got to do like over 50 splits. Yeah. Right. You never know. Hey, it, it, it made me a legend, right? Can't complain. But yeah, I would tell the, that uh, uh, the words to live by are, are, are be patient, uh, two, be kind to everyone because in the end, you don't know who you're going to, because in the end, it's about relationships. Like I got to be in this Mortal Kombat game because I wasn't a jerk to John Tobias. And he was like, oh man, you're easy to work. You know, hey, help me with this. We were friends. You know what I mean? He didn't know any martial arts. And he, he so, you know, you kind of get opportunities through relationships because in the end, those are the people who think about you. So, you know, try to be kind to everyone and, uh, and stretch. Awesome. Now the question here is, uh, this is interesting. Uh, who, who's better, Sub-Zero or Scorpion? For me personally, I think Sub Zero is better. When we were when we were making the game, the original story was Sub Zero and Scorpion are brothers, and their father is a head of the clan, the Lin Kuei clan. Oh, interesting. Okay. So the father wants to retire and is going to give Sub Zero that to be head of the clan because Sub Zero is the better one. So Scorpion gets jealous and kills the father to try to seize control before he gives it to Sub-Zero. How interesting. But Sub-Zero finds out that Scorpion killed their father and kills Scorpion. And that's why Scorpion is of the personality that makes a uh, deal with Shang Tsung to come back as a dead martial artist. Oh, so, so, so that's why I like Sub-Zero, because Scorpion is evil. You're right. <laughs> <And> Sub-Zero <laughs> is an all right guy. That, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one is, uh, what kind of non-physical training do you do? Non-physical. So I'm not sure if uh, that means, well, it might go on. Uh, Non-martial arts, I used to run a lot. Now I run less. You know, uh, lift weights. I uh, lift weights, uh, do jump on a treadmill or do elliptical for, you know, keep your heart, heart going, uh, stretch a lot. But otherwise, I don't, uh, you know, I enjoy watching a basketball game. You know, in the old days, I used to go to see Michael Jordan play basketball. Yeah. I would play casually, but I really didn't never uh, took other sports seriously because I really wanted to be really good at the martial arts. And though we can cross train and do stuff, I never had, uh, never allowed another skill to dominate my martial arts skill. You know, because you do. You know what I mean? If you... You know, if you are, uh, if you're a professional guitar player, you don't really have that much time to to be a professional martial art master. You know, you're, right. you know what I mean? You're, that, you're gonna be playing guitar all the time, right? You're gonna right, be practicing yeah. that in, instrument. You know, it takes hours and hours. There's only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, now, Ed, there was another question about, um, you know, if there's any uh, martial art books uh just in general and actually i have a tag and question to that is and i think definitely people would do this if you haven't thought of it already is if you would write uh a, a, some sort of book on just 
your career, the makings of, of Mortal Kombat, things like that, because these are amazing stories. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. And actually, I'm, I'm doing that right now. It's writing, writing a book. Oh, cool, I'm, okay. Uh, I'm, more, I'm on Mortal Kombat, but I'm going to add chapters on uh, things that I, I think that people view as a myth, meaning like uh, I'm going to have a small chapter on how to meditate because people think like, oh, you got to empty your mind. But it's not really when the Chinese and the Japanese uh, say empty your mind, it's not really how you think you're emptying your mind. They I mean, understand. you know what I mean? They, uh, if you uh, take a few moments and listen to the sound of your breath, breath really is natural. So when you, if you notice the way you're breathing and you think about it and focus on that, you are really emptying your mind. Yeah, so it's not what people think. So when 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 you're doing things or like uh, I'm going to do a chapter on you know in the old days they used to have the secret of the iron palm, you know how to do iron palm training. And in the end, what I discovered after asking a bunch of different masters about martial art iron palm training, I realized one you use med uh, you do use a medicine an ointment on your thing so you don't get arthritis. Mm -hmm. Two, that medicine opens the pores of your whatever you're training so for me it opens the pores of my hand so now i'm hitting steel balls that emit a steel powder that is basically getting into my hand into my skin so in the end of years of doing iron palm they're like oh he has iron palm training he has this mystical training no dude you your body has absorbed a certain amount of metal yeah so <laughs> when you punch somebody you that metal's in you it really is and i i think i really have discovered like oh yeah no wonder these guys one they didn't live long because they're friggin' poisoning their body you know so there's a lot of little things that people will be like oh that this is the, what that means so i want to do like stories about you know the turtles and mortal combat but have stories in between to let people know that the martial arts are mid uh, mystical side is really just crazy training you just got to be willing to train all the time yeah so so yeah when you have when you had that uh i mean obviously i want to keep in touch with you moving forward um and yeah whenever that you release that let us know and on our yeah, please yeah thank you i'm happy to pump that out thank i you. even saw some guys uh training against your uh your split split punch they got the in china the uh, the brick uh, hitting on the on the groin. So oh man, you gotta <laughs> Those be guys are crazy. Those oh, guys are yeah. nutty. But like, you know what? Somebody will pay them money to learn that. So they they have their small niche. You know, people are nuts. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But people are nuts. Two, there's a certain way to tilt the hip. Hip. That okay. way, when you when you kick somebody there, if you have your uh, if you really look at them, they tilt their hip up, so they're not really hitting the groin. They're hitting underneath the pelvis which is pretty bad for you but it's not like getting caged <laughs> uh go go you know octave couple octaves up otherwise yeah yeah right um here's an important two-part question uh master daniel Pacina, what is your favorite more comic character and what's your favorite more comic character to play as they may be different so yeah my favorite character is, even though uh, I had a great influence in, in co-creating Scorpion and Sub-Zero, is Johnny Cage, just because he is the father of all the other characters. He, he really designed 
even today, like what you see with them doing in the game, he helped, had a hand in doing that. So he very much is, is, is part of that whole, uh, that whole franchise and that whole living legend. So, but when I play one, Mortal Kombat one, I like to play Raiden. Okay. I, I, I always wanted to actually be Raiden. When John was like picking characters, oh, uh, really? I was like, oh, I want to be Raiden. And he looked at me, he's like, no, I'm going to make you Striker. Because already when he introduced oh. Striker, I didn't want to be Striker. So teasingly, he was like, no, you're gonna, I'm going to make you be Striker. And I was like, oh, no. So in Mortal Kombat 1, I like to play Raiden. And Mortal Kombat 2, I like to play Baraka. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, I just like his look. And I like the, you know, when we were shooting him, I like the creative uh, ideas that came out of creating Baraka. Because he started out, like, as a, as a, his head was different. Everything was different. Wow. And Tobias, at the last minute, came up with all these ideas to make it look like what it is in the game. You know, I, I like instantly. That guy's like a genius. Really, he is like the real. He's the. He is the. He is the father of Mortal Kombat. And it, And his. You know, even though you know he he lets my, uh, Ed and myself and Rich take credit for for helping out and co-creating the game. He is really the father of Mortal Kombat. He is the one who. Who, uh, who I would say ninety percent of the ideas came from. That's that's so amazing and and, yeah. and generous too. I it, yeah the mutual uh, respect on that, it, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, now, is there uh, you know as far as I mean, I, you guys have done reunions with the cast. Uh, when was the last one? Was it the twentieth uh, or twenty fifth? The last reunion, complete reunion, was at Combat Con. Uh, our friend Doc Mack from Galloping Ghost had combat. Oh, Galloping Ghost, I know of that, yes. Yeah, yeah, we used to, he had one, and that was maybe like, I'm gonna say like four years ago, where he had everyone there. <clears throat> wow. uh, everyone that we can find. We, uh, like three people we couldn't find at the time. Uh, the, the girl who later on pay, played Catalan's part, uh, Katana Molina, I forget her name, Becky, uh, couldn't, we couldn't find them and we couldn't find the second uh, Liu Kang and the guy who did Striker. Uh, Doc searched for them through the internet and he's pretty thorough, man. He is <laughs> like, yeah, he is rigging on it. it because if there's some, some obscure game, he can figure out who has it and then he can figure out a way to buy it from that guy and put it in his arcade. <laughs> man, yeah, that guy knows everything. If you ask him anything about video games, oh yeah, this. Oh, what's this board? Oh, that board number is blah 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 blah, and it goes here. And I, oh, it doesn't work. Well, jiggle it. Oh, just tap it on the left corner. Oh, now it works. Okay, you know, you know everything. Hey, that guy's a genius. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that too. Like, you guys still keep in touch with a lot of the the cast? I know you know some initially were friends, but you still keep in touch with everybody. Yeah, we're actually we're all pretty much uh, basically friends, friends uh, from one and two uh you know i haven't uh this like a couple hours before i got to talk to you uh rich kano called me up just to chit chat just to tell me he was stuck in traffic so he just wanted to consume my time by telling him telling me how horrible traffic is in chicago yeah <laughs> and complaining about potholes and i'm like like well, i live in chicago you know it's like yeah so you know they just you know sometimes we get that or some you know uh, I get the uh, calls from Tony just saying hi, or just, hey, I was just saying, you know, just 
just want to see what you're doing. I'm just hanging out. Okay. I'm just hanging out. Okay. Bye. Click. You know. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Do you think they'll be open? Those guys will be open to doing something like this as well? Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. I'll, cool. I'll send them your, uh, your uh, email and they'll look at it. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Well, I kind of, I, I knew that Morikawa was made in Chicago. I didn't know you were here and all that. And I, I think I happened upon you on, on Instagram or something like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. And, and I was like, oh, I was just trying to get back into doing some, some weapons and you got some cool videos. And that kind of led into like, hey, do you, private lessons i got i can't get out of the house now and i love to meet this guy he's awesome and uh you know you're gracious enough to do that and and again i i, I thank you for that yeah yeah well you uh, got the video time to practice yeah I've, I've been practicing i've been practicing it's it's, it's going good i'm i'm getting uh the whole routine down i actually okay. impressed my uh, my oldest daughter she's like whoa oh, that's cool like just wait this is week one you know yeah. watch your elbows watch your elbows yeah, watch elbows and lights yeah yeah that's true <laughs> Um, the, uh, yeah, th this has been amazing. Again, uh, they can find you on, on social media everywhere, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Um, and the other, the, the other uh, question I had with is, you know, there's a lot of people going through like just strange times, uncertain times right now. Yeah. Um, you are, you already had words of inspiration of as far as, you know, training and stuff goes. Do you have any, uh, words of ins inspiration for, training and outlook on things people going through this maybe an ancient chinese proverb or something like that yeah. uh but something to help people through right now to stay yeah, focused just, yeah just for you know just remember uh at, at times people will feel alone but they're really not alone you could always reach out you know and that and i think that's one of the hardest things you know when my uh when my i had uh, now i do a lot of private lessons but before when i used to teach big classes at the school and we we're getting ready for a competition I would tell my students that it's not about the competition. It's about you taking that step to compete. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. It is harder to step into a ring or step in, onto the floor or step against an opponent. That is the hardest thing. Because in the, in the end, you'll realize that most people are just like us. You know, we're just flesh. So same thing with this. You're not alone. The hardest thing is the reaching out to somebody. You know, and you're there and I'm there and, the, and they know my social media, just reach out, you know, just reach out, talk for a couple seconds. It's, it does, you know, it's nothing but that courage to reach out. So I think that, uh, you know, most of the martial art guys probably uh, can, e will, can easily do that if they're a beginner. But when you're in that intermediate advanced stage, you're, you get to that, oh, I don't need anybody or I'm, you know, tough. No, dude. We're we're social animals, you know. Just reach out, and two, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just reaching out to somebody. So in the end, just know that you're not alone. Awesome. And and then kind of closing here, uh, there was a story you said I thought was very interesting. You were, I think I forget what movie, but you were on set for something, and they wanted to uh, actually keep you longer. And you're like, hey, I have to get back. I got bills to pay, and I got a job. Uh, can you tell about that movie and how that kind of led you segueing into just kind of focusing teaching martial arts? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a, where I finally decided uh, that I was just going to teach martial arts that I wasn't going to pursue this uh, acting career. I was in Hong Kong uh, with them uh, going to do stunts for the movie uh, Drunken Master Two with Jackie Chan. Wow. 
So, yeah, which is a very cool story. I actually saw him pass out $100 bills, like with a wad, literally almost the size of my head, hundreds, just to people. Wow. Yeah, just people saying, oh, Jackie, oh, here, here, buy, buy yourself some food, buy your meal, stuff like that. U.S. $100 bills, not Hong Kong $100 bills, U.S. $100 bills, freaking hard to gold guy. Wow. So, so we're going to film this movie, and uh, basically what happens is, uh, a, a tsunami hits Hong Kong. Oh man! Wipes, wipes out the set of 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 Drunken Master Two, and then Jackie Chan's agent, I think his name Willie, uh, has said, "Hey, can you stay to shoot your part? You know, stay a couple of weeks. We'll redo it, and then you know, we'll, we'll and then we'll do another month and to do it." And at that time, I was just like, "Man, I I can do this," and then get back and have to rebuild my whole life. Because at the time I took, I took off of work the three weeks vacation I had to come out to Hong Kong to shoot this movie with Jackie Chan. And then I was like, I have to decide now if I, you know, I, I had that point where the jobs in between weren't, where the time in between was too far in between. You'd spend too much time. Yeah, you'd spend too much time starving. As you know, gigs, you know, you get a yeah. gig to play here and then you might not get, for two months and then, oh, oh, can you go on, can you leave over here? Oh, I got to quit my job to go on, to go play in a different, yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. So at that time I was just like, nah, I can't do that. I didn't, I felt like, you know, I was like, man, I know, uh, you know, sitting on the set, you don't get to train martial art as much as you think you would because you're waiting. They want you to be ready. So be ready a lot of waiting. Yeah. While. So you can't be doing like a workout or anything really heavy. You can lift a little weights or something like that, because that's kind of different than actually doing martial arts. Oh, hey, hey, we got to go and you got to do this and you got to change your mind frame to be able to do what you're, what you're doing. So at that point, I was just like, you know what? Nah, I think I'm just going to give that up and I'm going to, I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm going to just focus on teaching. Awesome. And are you open to doing more video games? I hear you have ideas. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm open to do projects, uh, projects, you know, providing that they have like you know, uh, my thing is like I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pitching. I'm right now I have people interested in another game, but it's not just about being in it for me. You know, I want to help create the game, like I did with Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Two. So I think my whole, you know, you can get as far as like if you want a guy just to be a martial art in a movie, there's tons of guys that really would be cool for it. You know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, yeah, younger, pass it down to the younger generation. But for me, if you want me to do a little bit, of, be like a, an old fighter that in the end gets beat up, I could do that, and, but I could help you choreograph, choreograph stuff or figure out how to do different, different stunts. So I'm, I'm good at that. So if they let me do that, I, I'm all right with that. But if they just want me to be in the movie reading some lines and, and uh, doing one or two kicks, ah, nah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do that, you know? Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Yeah, yeah, we even, as sort of a little part of our, our, our academy, we have like a, a stunt performance team. It's more like a stunt show we usually do. We throw each other through tables and the movie, like oh. beer bottles, and we use, you know, use all that fun stuff and we start getting like filming things more. So, um, you know, who knows? I'll get, maybe pick some ideas for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One day on it. Um, awesome. Well, uh, this has been amazing. I, I really appreciate, appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, and thank you, the people out there listening to us, chit-chat, you know? For sure, and we'll do some more fun stuff down the road. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks, well, brother. Uh, thanks, thanks again. Okay, we'll chat later.
Take care. And remember, Mortal Kombat is totally true to life. Or is that that? Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the show. For more great interviews and content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Legends and Master Show. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to go to our website, www.legendsandmastershow.com, and join our email list for all upcoming shows, events, and articles. See you on the next one.